Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm back. What's going on, everybody? This is Justin from Off The Real Podcast. Today, we're here with a very good episode. I got a young man that um, I've been impressed with for a while. He's been grinding, and uh, he's back with his long-awaited album. I got my man Bullet DiBiase in the house. What's up? Yo, 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 yo. What's good with you, my man? My man, long time no see, bro. Oh, man. Oh, man. I've been uh, playing Daddy Duty over here. Shit, man, same here, man, same here. I hear you. It's a big how, how you been holding up doing that? How you been holding up doing this little pandemic, man? I know I'm, I'm hanging on. I'm trying my best, man. Yeah, yeah. man. Uh, the first week was tough. I tell you that, and then I decided that um, I was just gonna have to really two things. I stay positive and productive, and I said the only way for me not to go crazy is to act like nothing's wrong. So I just worked. I woke up at seven in the morning like I had a job and I just worked and I finally went back to work about a week ago. And uh, so things are getting back to normal. But, you know, you just got to you just got to grind it out. Definitely. Listen, that's that's how the EP album EP came about. Just like off of work, nothing to do. Like, yo, man, I've been sitting on all this dope stuff. Let me just go through and let's see what we can cook up in a month. And. There you have it, man, and I'm happy about it. Okay. i tell you what, man. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. Why don't you uh, introduce yourself to uh, the people who aren't familiar with you? Um, where are you from? Where did you grow up? Um, I'm actually from Dallas, man, born and raised, but my roots are from Marlin, man. My granny, grandpa, uncles, aunts, you know, everybody, they from Marlin. So I spent summers and holidays in Marlin um, once I graduated. You know, things weren't shaking right my way, this way. So I decided to take it to Central Texas. Um, did that, went to Houston for a little bit, came back in like 08. And sure, I've been in Marlin since then, man. And so, you know, that's where I'm playing my roots at. I'm, I'm raising my family there, you know, the whole shebang. So. What, um, what schools did you attend in Dallas? Uh, South Oak Cliff, man. I'm, I'm from Redbird. So at first I was going to Kimball. But they did some rezoning, redistricting, and I kind of hit that borderline for South Oak Cliff. So I wound up going there. Um, like I say, Oak Cliff, man, like my name ring bells up and down in that area, you know? Yeah, man. Um, I think I was like 22 years old, and I had been working for Foot Locker for about three years. They called me in the office, and they say, hey, you know, you've been doing a good job. We got a store for you. And I'm like, okay, this is wonderful, right? 
So I get my own Foot Locker, and I'm like, oh, where is it? And they say, it's, uh, it's in Redbird Mall. Yes, like, sir. <laughs> okay. I spent the next three years uh, um, working there, and uh, I lived in some apartments for a little bit behind Ibach. Is that familiar to you? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, where you was at Plum Tree? <laughs> yes, sir. I did a six month. Okay, okay. I, I left. I was, I was, back yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, listen, but, that was. That was a, got, that's a rough little neighborhood, man. I got so many stories uh, from over there. But the thing is, I had le less problems in my store in Oak Cliff than I had in, say, Northeast Mall. I think there is such a respect and a, uh, some really, really good people in Oak Cliff. And that may get overlooked yes, because of all the violence. But the people that I met, I still have friends to this day. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a lot of good, a lot of good people there. And uh, I hope that don't get overshadowed by, you know, the negativity. Well, you know, the way they're building it up now, you know, they're doing, they, they got like a, a $42 million uh, bond. So they're redoing the Redbird area. So the mall is going to get an uplift. They're going to have the high rises, entertainment. So they're trying to bring the life back into Oak Cliff. See, a lot of people don't know Oak Cliff in the late 90s, early 2000s, that was the place to be. Like, we weren't going to North Dallas, the club. We weren't going to Jamie's in Arlington. Like, we was in our neck of the woods, two or three red lights down from the house. And, like, that whole little area was so vibrant. And you had the comedy club, Rag Dad. It's just different little establishments. And with the recession, it took a hit. But they're they trying to bring it back to life, which is good. That reminds me. I had a, um, I had a young man that worked for me. And uh, he was he was pure Oak Cliff Highland Hills actually, and uh, oh, he told me come come with me we're gonna go to an after hour spot. Bullet, I have <laughs> never seen life the same. <laughs> it'll scar you, man. Listen, oh, it will scar man. you. I was completely affected. Uh, that was some good day, good times, good times. Um, so you know, um, how do you feel about another Oak Cliff artist, uh, C. Strokes? Was you a fan of him and uh, see? Uh, I actually got a chance to be around him. Like a lot of people don't know that. Like that. That was my homie. Like I knew him from playing football. Like a lot of people know him as the rapper. I knew him when he was like two hundred fifty pounds smaller than what he was. Like you know, we all ran in the same circle because he was from Woodtown, where he was originally from Ennis, but when he moved, he moved to Woodtown. Woodtown and Redbird kind of Camp Wisdom kind of intersects that them neighborhood. So, you know, I might be over there trying to visit a little thing that I got. Or, you know, I might catch him in my neck of the woods visiting or, you know, doing this thing. So it was always love and mutual respect. Um, it's sad that he, he, he passed uh, before he really could reach the trajectory of what he was headed because homie was headed to do some special things and, and it's just sad, but the people over there at uh, Clone Free, they're doing a good job by keeping his memory alive and keeping it pumping. He, he was blessed to record a lot of music before his untimely death. So that kind of key, it's gonna keep him in the mix forever. It's gonna be legendary. I actually, I think I might release it on the album, but I got a, I got a C Strugs verse that I never used that I've been sitting on like a year, man. So. I might just do that and just donate the proceeds off the single 
just, you know, donated to his kids and, you know, his family to do the no, most noble thing I could do. Yeah, no, no. He, um, I hope people know how good of a guy he was. I got to do an interview with him and I got to direct a music video with him and uh, Sonny Bobo. And um, oh, yeah. we got to hang out at the convenience store for a few hours. And uh, the dude was a very genuine, very good soul. You could just feel yes, it. Sir. And, uh, you know, I wish... Um, I wish we had more people like him and I wish, uh, you know, there's a reason why he left, but it don't make sense, you know? Man. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, man, let's get into some brighter things. Um, the album, yes, how exciting is it to have a new album coming out, man? Man, it's, it's a wonderful feeling just to be back, just to be back and just, you know, see the response that I'm receiving from people that are genuinely taking the time to listen to it in this entirety and then form an opinion. Because, you know, nowadays you drop an album, the single has been wore out on the radio. That's what you're looking for. You might find two or three other bangers. And after that, it's just pure, like, okay. But to put together a solid body of work, you know, um, they came through the production, Trey and Rob Reeves out of Seattle, you know, little man coming through singing and blessing and me and Bella just getting a chance to link up and do what we do. You know, we've always been talking about it, but to like actually put the plan in motion and just like, all right, we back doing it. I got something for you. So it's a wonderful feeling, bro. Like I'm really humbled and it really just made me realize that outside of the music, I had people that were really rooting for me just in life in general. And I'm seeing that, you know, like, with the responses, the heartfelt messages, just the way people are just sharing it. Like it lets me know that, hey, this music, you know, that I make, it's in a different lane. You know, it's not like what you used to hearing. It's not the norm. But at the end of the day, I feel like it's needed. You know, and so for me to be able to be the spokesman in this time in need, man, it's a wonderful feeling, no doubt, for real. Yeah, yeah, well... An uh, old man once told me um, he's never been into an ice cream shop that only have one flavor. Sorry, I, I, yeah, I think what uh, I think what you provide, it's needed, you know, and, and I love what else is going on. But I think uh, your voice is needed. I think uh, your perspective is needed. Uh, tell me about the recording process. Really and truly, um, just, you know, Tyler J, shout out to Tyler J, man. I got the five finger salute him because if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't have stepped back into the game of music because it was so saturated to me and I had took so many losses personally, financially, business-wise. I was like, yo, I'm not going to put myself through that stress. But he was like, nah, bro, it's going to be different this time. Like, bro, I really miss hearing you. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, let's give it a try. Um, like I say, Rob Reeves, he did like maybe 60% of the joint. Um, I just told him the vibes that I was feeling, and like he would send them like Motown records, like seven, eight at a time. Like, yo, I, I had these in mind, just pick these. So in the process of doing that, like once I just figured out what I was gonna name it, because I really want to play off the last release that I had that'll be up for streaming and all that pretty soon. No crown needed. That's what had Boss Life on it originally. Um, when I did that, 
it was like, you know, I, I want to kind of follow that suit, but I don't want to be like, okay, no crown needed to, or this, this, here. And just sitting there, I was just bouncing ideas. And my daughter was like, my oldest daughter was like, daddy, won't you name it Return to the Throne? Like, yo, that's got a dope ring to it. Like, yo, that's what we gonna name it. And when she, we did that, like, the, the music guys just start putting stuff in place. Like, little man lives in West Texas. So I was figuring out a way how to get the music to him so he could record it and get it back to me. Lo and behold, he pops up in Marlin out of nowhere, like, yo, let's do the song. Yeah. Okay. So once I just started laying songs, like, the, the, the plan was just like, I was going to do like maybe five and just release it for free. But we just really started getting in the bag. I recorded like 13 songs, 14 songs. I was just like, yo, let's just give them seven. Let's see what they, you know, what the response is after that. You know, we'll crank up and, and really just get in our bag and just really get back to what we know. And so that's how that came about, man, really. Man, that's that's a beautiful thing when uh, it just kind of comes together organically and, you know, turns into some shout out to uh, Tyler J. I've uh, only heard good things about him. I think I got to meet that's him a couple of times. Hopefully we cross paths in the future. I'd love to do an interview with him. Uh, definitely, definitely, man. They're one of the most dopest human beings you'll meet, man. So, yeah. Shout out to him. Um, all right, man. Tell me uh, some of your influences. Tell me, um, not necessarily, but on this album, but when you were growing up, some of the, the reason why you started to rap, maybe. Um, okay, I'm an 80s baby, man. So, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid-30s, that early 30s range. So, you know, I got a chance to catch the essence of hip-hop, like, the, the diversity, the goody mobs, the outcast, the, then I could hear Fat Pat, then I could get some arrested development over here, then I can 10 and, and DJ Quick, and then I can go to the East and get busted, you know? So, like, my influences just really was music, period. Like, from the first time I heard hip-hop, um, which was... Uh, the first song I ever heard was Body of a Dead Man by Scarface. And when I heard point. that, I was like, yeah, I was like, yo, like, I need to be doing whatever he doing, I need to be doing that because this story was so vivid that I wasn't there, but I could feel every word he was saying. And I tell so, you, a song that did that to me, have you ever heard, I believe it's um a ball and MJG uh, robbery, armed robbery. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I, that oh, yeah. Be, that's one of them songs that reminds me of the one you just mentioned. Definitely, definitely. Man, so yeah, I got a chance to get get a lot of flavors of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's what I tell people. Like my ear is eclectic. Like I don't have like okay, it was this. I listened to everything. R and B was running stuff. You had Sting and U2, they was running things. So, like, it was a different flavor of music and just being blessed to have cable. I got a chance to see that on BET and MTV, The Box, um, BET Uncut, just different flavors of music. So, you know, that's that was the blessing in itself. See, music now, it's, it's watered down. Like, back then, you know you could get a message from Outkast, but you could get ratchet with Uncle Luke. You know what I'm saying? So you had your different flavors of what to do and what you chose, but all of it was good music. Mm -hmm. 
No, I agree 100%. I agree 100%. What is, um, you know, anytime you bring up Outkast, I'm going to talk about Outkast. So tell me a couple records um, uh, from Outkast that you like or what you may have took from them. Um, as far as what I took from them is really the artistry, man. Just like not being afraid. Like I could push the envelope and you might not understand what I'm doing, but you'll respect the artistry in itself. Yes, sir. Um, as far as songs go, um, a couple joints, uh, Crumbling Herb will probably have to be my number one joint. Um, let's see. Ooh, man, Outcast. I got so many. Uh, Players Ball, Jazzy Bell. Um, Elevators. Elevators are always be, you know, because that was like when I really started to listen to rap music, like that era. Like, so that one is always going to be a classic. And Mo in the mix, mm, probably Black Ice, man. Just on some like having a message type of deal, even though that was a goody mob record officially, Outcast was on it. So, you know. That's how I feel, you know what I'm saying? Especially with um with just like the freedomness, like the pro, whatever it is, like they really vibe with it. They really resonated with me and just being myself. So that's why I rock with the cast, man. Like greatest hip hop group ever to me. 